When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. What a bunch of wusses. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Quiet Tech Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. We are back at Thanksgiving edition. This is exciting times here. So uh, I, first of all, I'm very thankful for everybody who has become producers. We'll get to them at the end of the show, has donated money. Uh, very helpful. We've, we appreciate it. Uh, we got some stickers that are going out, and we have some stickers left. So there's still time to jump on the bandwagon. I will put the the both the monthly donation and the one-time donation link in the show notes uh but thanks to everybody who has donated so far we appreciate it and then um i mean kevin may or may not need these donations just to live based on his kin token investment um so december 2016 kevin Invest, we'll call it, $300 in uh, Kin Token, the cryptocurrency. It's gone down to a dollar something. Uh, it was at $10, and I think the last time we checked it was at $11. Um, Kevin, do we have an update on your Kin Token investment? Uh, yeah, kind of a rough week. Uh, we're down 18% to uh, $9.05. <laughs> oh, jeez. So trending the opposite direction after, after some solid rallying. Yeah. Rough times, rough times there. Um, but let's uh, let's move on to something happier, and it is the return of the Mighty Ducks Minute. So uh, we used to, you know, go to Kevin's and record these in person, and we could watch the Mighty Ducks Minutes together. But that uh, no longer is really been an option since, uh, you know, coronavirus and whatnot. So we, we tried the group watch feature, which I was interested to see if it would work. I think it has some potential to get some of the quack lights in there, some of our producers in there to watch with us and things like that. Um, so we, we did a virtual group watch Mighty Ducks Minute. Uh, it is minute 124. So that is minute number 19 to 20 in D2. Uh, we are uh, in the midst of the beginning of training camp, I would say. Uh, the Ducks are scrimmaging the new players. And um, not too much audio here, but I think you can get the, the gist of it if you take a listen. Thanks for breaking my phone. Many times. Come on, get out of there. Haven't you guys 
he's been training in the offseason? You know, I knew we forgot something. Good shot, Adam! Way to show! all right uh just an initial impressions of this minute here tommy um i think it's a good minute where you see the uh the skills of the the ducks and kind of like the um what's to come so good foreshadowing with louise crashing into goldberg um you've got you know the cat making you know really good save and it ends with Fulton kind of clearing him out. Um, one thing I'd forgotten is that, you know, Portman just fucking leveled everyone, including <laughs> Fulton. You know, he tells him, like, oh, you know, something tough guy or whatever he says to him. And then, you know, Goldberg is a little one-liner, you know, ding round one. And unfortunately, it ends too early for, for Tibbles to almost get uh, killed on ice. But uh, that's what comes. So it's a solid minute. Good music. I like it. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Kevin, just your initial thoughts here. Uh, my first reaction was, it's a very funny minute. It's, it has a lot of like kind of classic uh, moments, um, just with Averman and when Bombay asks him if they've been practicing. Um, some, uh, some funny stuff from Goldberg as well. Um, just, you know, him kind of just being a, you know, clowning around. Um, and uh, yeah, and the kind of moments of like Luis not being able to stop, stuff like that. Um, I think, I, I think it's a good, a, a really good minute, and it's a really funny not necessarily iconic but it but it kind of captures a lot of the spirit and in the quick little minute yeah yeah encapsulates a lot uh i feel like we've gotten quite a few of these where we look at these minutes and it it really shows the the breadth of the mighty ducks here um i do want to go back to portman because tommy makes a good point he is just dominant in this minute he (laughs) takes out uh i think three separate players uh in one minute so uh you know based on who's on the ice, you're looking at 60% of the other team's players. Um, But as we like go on, I don't, do we feel like he is that good later on? Or was this just the Mighty Ducks being bad or him showing off? How do we rectify how good he was in this minute versus I feel like he might take a step back, uh, you know, once we get to the actual games and he's not quite as dominant. Well, it's, it's kind of the, um, you know, like there's always like one kid that's really good in like middle school and just like, it's just better than everybody. And I think that's kind of on display here. He's so much bigger than everybody that he's just able to physically dominate them. And, and then obviously that changes once the competition levels up uh, and like the literal size of opponents changes. Um, so I think that's what's on display. Like if you look at it, like the ducks are very, very small. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point because they don't have this. That's why Portman's there to like add some size to them. They don't necessarily, at least Tibbles doesn't necessarily look at him as like a skill player. Um, so I that feel is like, a good... uh, sorry to kind of segue off that. I feel like Banks is the only duck who would have tried to stay in shape in the off season. <laughs> Maybe um, Connie, but like through rollerblading or whatever. Um, and I guess Guy, because he would also be doing whatever activity she's doing. 
but I feel like that's probably shown here is the ducks are out of shape. And so they will get in better shape during camp. And then I think Kevin's right is that once they play, you know, Iceland or whatever, they're much bigger. And so Portman's not able to dominate as much. Um, but it, it, you do kind of think, wow, he took a step back after like destroying. It's almost like when you have a running back who just like does super, super well, like the first two non-con games of the year because you're playing against cupcakes. And then mm-hmm. as soon as you play your first conference game, he's held to like two yards of carry. But I, I remember playing uh, middle school football. There was this each year in our league, um, fifth grade through seventh grade, I think, if you were over a certain weight, you had to wear an X on your helmet. Cause, and that meant you weren't allowed to carry the ball. Like, even if you picked up a fumble, they would blow it dead because it's just, like, literally a safety issue for, like, these kids that would just roll over kids. But then that goes away in eighth grade. And I remember we played this team that they had this, like, 250-pound running back. And it's like, <laughs> come on. Like, I can't tackle this guy. Like, he just, like, ran through everybody. Um, so that just made me think of that. Wow. You always, you always see videos of, like, r- like especially, like, rugby uh, kids like and there's like one who's he's not necessarily like hit puberty first but he's just bigger than everyone and those are always hilarious to watch where he's <laughs> yeah. just like he could probably kill some of those kids just <laughs> running through them um and especially if you have like a bunch of 10 year olds and one of them just like hey tough shit but at the same time as like you know that 250 pound running back is definitely gonna have to be a lineman in high school yeah. like there's no way he's gonna keep that up yeah yeah, that's a great point. I need, I'll put some of those, or at least one of those videos in the show notes because it is funny to watch little kids get trucked. Um, yeah, a, a bit of, I would say a bit of a safety issue for Portman to be like taking on Averman um, or I don't know who else is tiny on this team. Uh, I guess Averman is really the, the, the smallest that I can think of. But um, Goldberg's <laughs> not very tall, but I guess he's because he's heavier. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I do like the analogy of like Portman needing to wear an X on his helmet or something during practice. Um, but if we go, uh, I mean, what did we just make? I mean, I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on the hockey scenes. Obviously, this is pretty much all hockey scenes. What did you guys think of them? Did you think they were noticeably good, noticeably bad? Um, in any way so there were three frames that stood out to me for the hockey the one is when portman i think just levels banks in the open ice Mm -hmm. essentially he like ducks down and so banks like just flips over him i'm like that like doesn't seem real (laughs) um the next one is when there's like four ducks like trying to get the puck right in the corner and then bombay is like didn't you guys train or anything i'm like why were why did you have so many ducks trying to get the puck at this point like where was your outlet pass and then the last one is I think Jesse had a slap shot saved by Julie the cat. And he looked like super bummed that it wasn't a goal. It was like, that didn't seem that like it was kind of a high shot, like right at the glove. Like, why would you expect that to go in? Yeah. Yeah. Good points. The, the Portman hit would probably be a penalty. He went so low on that and like flipped things over, but I, I enjoyed that. Also, he's doing that on like your star player. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to get banks a red Jersey right away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do not touch him. Do, do, yeah. they, do they do that in hockey? Like, do they give like players like kind of like don't touch this guy, like in practice? Like I mean, it's sort of like it's – I mean, if you're injured or something like that, yes. But it's sort of like understood that 
I mean, unless you're doing like a preseason scrimmage where the coach says this is like all out, like you can hit guys in practice, but you're not going out trying to level people. You you're it's sort of understood like protect your own players. Like yeah. you might have a chance to really like blindside somebody or something like that, and you might just give them a little shove like you could have made it way worse so um yeah i think all good points there um one one quick question on on banks shot mm -hmm. um does he score there it's it's hard to tell or does Julie the cat stop it because i I don't think you can see the puck yeah i i was always under the assumption that he scored but i um, i i assume based on bombay's reaction yeah yeah yeah, Bombay, another issue we'll get to in a second. But, um, yeah, good eye there, Tommy. Yeah, to have so many players um, at the bench, like, fighting for a puck and no one come out with it, like, the other team comes out with it, um, embarrassing. Uh, and then the Julie the Cat save, to me, was, like, the worst hockey scene or, or showcase like she you can tell she's like barely she can barely stand and she just like reaches her glove out and like it just goes in there so um yeah i don't know if julie the cat was like just baiting the ducks or or she was just bad at that point uh but yeah uh i mean kevin did you notice anything in the hockey scenes there uh no i thought it was of all the hockey in in the films i thought it was probably some of the best like just from like it kind of seemed fluid, you know, it doesn't, it wasn't very choppy. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the one thing that I noticed is like, it, it did seem a lot more natural than oftentimes we see. Yeah. There was a good pace there for mm -hmm. sure. There was a good pace there for sure. Um, what did we think of Bombay and his coaching slash encouragement? Um, I guess I have some thoughts, but I'll let you guys uh, weigh in before I get into it. My first thought is, so this is the first time he's seen the new guys or whatever. That's fine. But this is the first time you've seen the ducks. Did you not do like <laughs> anything? And she just threw him on the ice to be like, Hey, once you scrimmage, you can't just like, he has no training plan, I guess. I don't know. I, I thought it was uh, maybe like kind of a bit of foreshadowing and how cocky he was. Um, just he just kind of threw him out there and kind of figured they'd hold their own at the very least. But I think that kind of foreshadows like how cocky he gets later in the movie as well. It's you kind of start to see that. Um, also so. blaming them. It's like, haven't you guys been practicing the off season? <laughs> yeah. It's like they're eleven and twelve or whatever. It's like, what yeah. the fuck do you think they're doing in the off season? Yeah, yeah, and they're... Also, and, and and I don't really know what the timeline between like when he like rounded them up and when this is, but like doesn't seem like there was a whole lot of advance notice that they were going to be in the goodwill game <laughs> yeah um, but like yeah it's i think it's pretty expected that they would be rusty at best yeah and like it's not like they're the hawks too and they like know how to win and they have an off-season training program uh you would figure bombay would at least tell them to do something or maybe hold a informal practice or something before then um during the scrimmage he just yells like good shot Adam like he doesn't provide any sort of coaching he just sort of stands there and either gets mad at them or, or yells at them um so 
I were saying, I, my, my question was, do we think this is like intentional where he just wanted to watch first and see what happened or we're, but we're saying he just wasn't prepared. I, I guess it is like a, let me see. Cause he wants to see these new guys. Like, let's see what they can do. And so this may be like just a fun way to like, to look at him instead of be like, all right, we're going to like, you know, do lines or whatever, or we're just going to do like three on two drills. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess this is a, a good way and it's fun. And I figure all the new kids have something to prove to him. Um, but I think I'm, I'm more upset that he doesn't have any like kind of communication with the ducks, but I guess maybe he's holding it all in. Yeah. 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 I think, I think he just wanted to throw him out there and, and get a sense of where they're at. But I, but I do think there was an element of cockiness to it. Yeah, I mean, you make good points about, like, before then he should have had some sort of contact or preparation. Like, you're playing in an international tournament. You should, you know, have some contact with your players before the very beginning of um, some sort of week or two-week training camp, and then you go and play. Um, so anything else you guys saw that we need to touch on here? Um, any little moments that stuck out? So I've got one, and I don't know if I'm just reading into this a little bit or – so at the very end when Fulton winds up his slap shot, he's like, everyone get out of here, blah, 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 it's Fulton. And um, Portman goes, what a bunch of wusses. Mm -hmm. It kind of looks like that what a bunch of wusses is dubbed over. Oh. And I wonder if he said what a bunch of pussies. <laughs> oh. Um, and Sounds that's, like a question for Brill. <laughs> yeah, well, Brill wasn't involved with this one, right? Oh, that's – that's a good point. He, w he was. The third one he wasn't really involved okay. in, but this one he, he was. There was one other moment where when Averman and Bombay talk, and he's like, you know, I knew we forgot something. That definitely sounded like it was recorded post, mm. um, just like the, um, the cadence of the voice, whatever. And so I do really wonder if Portman's wuss's line was originally he said pussies, um, which you can understand why they would not want that in the movie. Yeah, and it makes sense. Like maybe they're like, "Oh, that's gonna push it up to like a PG-13," so they had to go back and like dub it over to say "wusses." Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to investigate that further and really break it down. I have, um, a, I have a, a question on on uh, Fulton's shot. Sure. Is this the worst Fulton shot ever? <laughs> like the most like off shot that he's ever taken. Well, he hits. Uh, obviously we don't really make it in this minute but he hits like the crossbar and then it like bounces around oh, that's right? that's right it does hit the crossbar. i forget about that yeah so uh most unlucky i would definitely say maybe the most unlucky shot in the world and and also physically that had to have had so much speed on it like <laughs> yeah that was yeah. like the that was like the um the michael jordan larry bird mcdonald's commercials from back in the or maybe it was a magic johnson no i think it was jordan um, where they're playing horse mm -hmm. and they're like bouncing it all over the place. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if he took that shot and it bounced off all those things and it still came and knocked out Tibbles. It also comes at like a, like a 90 degree angle, like <laughs> right at him, like which would be physically impossible at that point. Yeah, but yeah, he based on like all the energy it would lose off of bouncing things, like it had to be like an 800 mile an hour shot. Uh, so. What's, what's the fastest slap shot ever recorded? Ooh, I think it's like 116, 118. Um, I can look it up. Uh, we'll get to it in the 
in the uh by the end of this episode um but um yeah Zidane Ochara used to be the record holder I don't know if he still is I haven't watched the how fast were your slap shots Mike oh my uh, this is what the people want to know not close I like maybe in the 70s 80s like maybe Mm, I don't know I feel like you're inflating yourself there but okay I might be I might be I honestly have no idea like we we don't I guess we've done it a couple times, but I don't remember what the numbers were. But, I mean, it was nowhere close to, you know, NHLers are putting it in the high 90s with regularity. Um, if they can, you know, do it like the skills competition where you can skate in and wind up, like, you're ripping that shot. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're way up there. I uh, I probably, if I had to guess, my highest would be somewhere in the mid-70s. Uh, like 73 74 so um but yeah maybe i'll well i guess we have corona and everyone's stuck at home but i was gonna say maybe we'll go there's gotta be a place that uh can measure it for us or we just get a radar gun and do it ourselves yeah why don't we do that yeah so uh yeah we'll just have to buy a radar gun but um anything else here before we move on to the mvps uh, I don't think anything from me. All right. So who would you say is the MVP of this minute? Uh, I mean, just based on pure impacts, it almost has to be uh, Portman. Um, I do think Joy the Cat, though, um, showing off her skills in a very quiet manner, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, deserves consideration. But I think based on sheer impact – uh, goes to Portman uh, for comedy, probably Goldberg. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Goldberg gets an honorable mention for his cheek. Um, I think Portman has to get the um, get the nod for most valuable player of this minute. I also think um, Mendoza um, just gives a solid performance. Like he's got you know two frames in this scene, and he does them both very fine. It's a solid effort, so good mm-hmm. for him. I don't think we give. Uh, give him enough credit sometimes. Um, but he was good in this scene. Um, but I agree, Portman, MVP. And it was, you know, definitely framed for him to be the MVP. Uh, but Goldberg, um, I think, gets the uh, honorable mention, the, uh, the the golden, you know, comedy award <laughs> for this one. Yeah, yeah. Good, good point on Luis. Like, he didn't have a lot of time, but, you know, he doesn't stop. He crashes in the blower oh thanks for breaking my fall then Goldberg has a couple nice lines but yeah uh Portman decks three players says what a bunch of wusses has a weird laugh where it's like huh, after he hits the two other ducks there so uh just a, a unanimous call for Portman so uh congratulations to Dean Portman I don't know if he's ever had an MVP before uh I do not want to go back and look at all our minutes to figure out our MVPs. Maybe I'll do that one day, but uh, today is not the day. So let's take a short break here and then we'll come back with the quack question. We are back. You ask us questions on Facebook, on Twitter, through email. We pick the best ones, try to answer them. Kevin, what is the quack question today? Uh, so today's quack question comes from Michael. Uh, I, I don't know if should I say his last name I, I don't really know how this works with these email questions um we'll just say Michael F but not uh, Michael F Michael, Michael F or Mike F 
Aren't you yeah. Mike F? Mike? I am, but I did not send him this question. No, he did Mike not. Mike F R. Um, so Mike's question is like most red blooded. Okay. And just settle in folks. This is a pretty long question. Uh, <laughs> Mike's question is, like most red-blooded American men on fall Saturdays, I was watching football tonight. However, my beloved Kentucky Wildcats forgot what day it was and never got off the bus. With our 63-3 beat down by Alabama, I had time to ponder many of the great questions of the universe. But I settled for trying to figure out how Duluth East defeated the Hawks in 1973, and I think I have it figured out. It involves cheating and the fall of the Soviet Union. This is already a great start for this. Um, <laughs> Duluth East was tired of losing every year to the Hawks, so they brought in older kids, but not just any older kids. Peewee hockey is up to the 12 and under age, and according to the Minnesota Youth Hockey website, some kids will turn 13 in that season. Duluth, Minnesota is in St. Louis County, Minnesota. Three players on the 1980 Miracle on Ice gold medal winning team were from various parts of St. Louis County. John Harrington, Virginia, Minnesota, age 22. Mark Pavlovich, uh, Eveleth, Minnesota, age 21. And Phil Fergoda. Duluth, Minnesota, age 22, where at least three of the guys brought in to stop the Hawks in Bombay. They each would have been 14 or 15 in 1973. Rakota even played hockey at Duluth East High School. So it's 1973. All the coach needed were local kids who were destined for greatness and some phony birth certificates. Had to, be, uh, had to be easier to forge than today. So he calls around St. Louis County and recruits the best kids who just graduated from Pee Wee. Then he passed off these 14 or 15-year-olds as 12 or 13 which isn't completely unfathomable, and he now has a shot against the Hawks. So in sum, it took three guys who helped to bring down the Iron Curtain cheating to beat one little Gordon Bombay. These three guys weren't scrubs either. Pavlovich holds the, uh, the New York Rangers record for points for a rookie. Pavlovich and Harrington uh, were given assists on the famous game-winning goal from Michael Ruzioni. So with that, can we call this case solved? He got in a question there at the end, so I guess that <laughs> technically qualifies. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, so, wow, that's that's a lot of a uh, lot of thought and effort went into that. So just bravo from from the get go. Yeah, I appreciated the research and uh, you know the timing and everything here. Um, so yeah, I think this really hinges on the faking of the birth certificates. And I guess my biggest question would be, wouldn't these kids be recognizable? If they were that good, wouldn't they be recognizable and be like, hey, that kid, didn't that kid play in the Peewees last year and now he's back in the Peewees? I mean, maybe they like wear their helmets always and never take them off. Mm. Well, back then, they like, did they even have the shields? Face shields. Yeah. So I, I, I really like the theory. I do feel like Riley would be all over that. Mm. He's family friends with Ducksworth. He knows lawyers. And you know, you got to feel like he would have been, especially in his younger days, would have called that out very quickly. Um, I'm not saying it didn't happen, um, but I wonder if the Hawks have also kind of had some kind of, have always kind of cheated with boundaries as they did with banks. Mm -hmm. And so if they were to call out, you know, Dolothy's cheating, they would have then turned around and had to be called out themselves. So it's almost like shit they got us at our own game and we mm. had to deal with it. So maybe that's what happened. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah, that's good. I like they, that. They kind of like caught with their pants down there. Yeah, yeah. So Riley probably knows this. And like, if you look at that Duluth East goalie, he looks like he's about six foot four. 
um, that Gordon goes against. Like he's his head is well above the crossbar. Um, so it would make sense that they had older kids and you would need sort of a golden generation. Although this is the beginning of the Hawks dynasty. So yeah, you would expect Riley was, uh, he hadn't had like the feeder system really going. So he would need to stretch the rules a little bit um, to get things going. And then, yeah, he probably knew, but as Tommy said, you can't turn him in. Like, what are you going to do? Turn in the other team for cheating when you're doing it yourself? And it's um, like, um, there's a great line if if you've ever seen Pony Excess, the uh, the ESPN 30 for 30 on SMU. There's a real documentary, actually. Um, <laughs> Dale Hansen, who's a longtime reporter in the Dallas area, uh, was talking about Eric Dickerson and how there were always allegations that he was going to A&M because they like bought him a car. And then he flipped to SMU. And then it's like, well, what are your A&M? What can you do? You can't be like, hey, we bribed that kid and he didn't honor the bribe. It's like, yeah. no, you just got to cut your losses. Um, and yeah. so this is the same thing. It's like, you can't, hey, you, you tried to cheat and you, it didn't work out and you can't really call him out because you're cheating too or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing as like steroids in baseball where it was like, you know, if you call out a guy for cheating, it's like, yeah, but 90% of your team is too. Um, and then on a grander scale, like, just like the mutually assured destruction of nuclear bombs. Like everybody has them. They don't use them because they will destroy the world, you know? Uh, so it's kind of like that same concept of mutually assured destruction. Yeah. We've covered a lot of ground here. Only on a much bigger scale with peewee hockey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> covered a lot of ground. I don't know how we ended up in nuclear uh, like Holocaust, but uh, well, I'm we're talking for... about Soviet Union. I mean, it's got to be mentioned. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I think this does make sense the more I think about it. Because even if the other teams knew, they probably didn't like the Hawks either. They probably knew the Hawks were stretching the rules and there was just sort of a culture of silence here. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe this whole thing probably brings everybody in the league into, into play about, you know, recruiting older kids and stuff like that and then not saying things about it. So um i wonder if after this they all kind of had to be like all right we're gonna cut that shit no more cheating and then the hawks just are still able to kind of bend the rules um but i imagine there's maybe some kind of like reset button after this game but the hawks still are able to take advantage just because they do have like the the pedigree yeah yeah there's definitely like uh not necessarily a scandal but the, there's some rule changes that like makes sense when you start thinking about it and uh yeah you have to reset and but riley sort of already has his system going and then he rips off all the state championships so uh good question there michael um i think we answered it so the answer is yes like these three kids are older and that's what it took to take down um this uh early hawks dynasty here do you quick? Do you think the highlight of their career was that, or winning gold at the Olympics? I think at the time they would say, you know, gold. But then once they realized that Bombay uh, became coach of the Junior Goodwill Games, and they're like, oh, we beat him in Pee Wee's. Do you uh, think that Herb Powell, the coach of Team USA, or Herb Brooks, not Herb Powell, Herb, Herb Brooks, Brooks yeah. that he saw these guys and said, wow, they beat the Hawks. You're definitely on Team oh. USA. Mm -hmm. Herb is a, or he was a Minnesota guy. 
Like he he probably knew. Yeah, he's probably had his eyes on these kids for a while there. Um, so it's all making sense. Wow. Uh, yeah, we might have to revisit this and then really, uh, I need like a cork board like the detectives have with like pictures and string and stuff like that to really figure this one out. But that's, uh, that's probably for another time for us, uh, the quacktake.com go there, contact us at quacktakepod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quacktakepod, go to iTunes, give us five stars, tell us uh, what you think about this huge, uh, peewee scandal here, uh, go to the shop, get your gear. Black Friday deal, all t-shirts, twelve fifty, and everything else is 20% off. So that's about as good as it's going to get uh, for you there. Uh, thanks to our executive producers, Elsie and Alex. Duck call to you guys. Uh, and thanks to our other producers, Deborah, Jeremiah, Adam, Joyce, Jared, and Lisa. If you want to be a producer, the link is in the show notes. Uh, you can donate there. Uh, monthly donation or one-time donation whatever floats your boat you know I I understand don't want to have that monthly occurrence but uh, it does help when you're monthly so we appreciate it uh, whatever you give us and remember ducks fly together ducks fly together quack quack ain't no turning back